Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Barry from podhome.fm, welcome to It's TechTastic. It's lovely to have you here. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. So you've had an interesting journey. You started off as a software engineer like 20 years ago, right? Yeah, something like that. You know, I, I look at my phone and it's like, it's 2024 already. It's crazy how fast uh, time goes. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, several decades since I uh, started out as software engineer. You know, I just fell in love with, with coding. You know, I just type stuff in a computer. It's just text and then you hit a button and then something magical happens, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and that's just, that's yeah. magic to me. And it still is to the to this day. So you describe it the same way that I did. Uh, I started a little bit earlier than you. I don't want to say how many decades. <laughs> but for me, I was of the age that the computer was just being introduced into schools. And so a weird dude would push a cart into the classroom and on it was this magical device, you know, a computer. Yeah. And I fell in love with it for the exact same reason. It was magic. I could make it do things that nobody else in that room could make it do because I learned the arcane language that it spoke. I was a wizard and I loved being a wizard. And that's what kept me in the field is that wizardry, yeah. that creation. Yeah. And I feel that this is what's interesting about, I think your progression from software engineer to pod home and like podcasting. I also paint and draw and I do a lot of art, right? So for me, it's mm -hmm. all about that creation. I love the yeah. creation. And I, I don't see a big disconnect between being somebody who can podcast and being somebody who can write code because it is about the joy of creation. Yeah, and I was thinking about this, uh, I think yesterday. The reason why we as humans are so drawn to people that are talented, like singers, dancers, uh, people that are good at sports and stuff, is I think because they all create something and they all, let's say, channel something bigger than themselves into being here on this earth, right? And I know this is getting a bit out there, but I think <laughs> creating things and making things, be it software, be it a podcast, be it art or whatever it is, is channeling something bigger than us. That is what I, I think after all these years. And that is what makes it feel so good, I think. Uh, because when you do that, at least uh, often when I do that, I tend to be able to get into the zone, right? Into into a state where time doesn't exist and I'm just having fun doing it. This can be the same way you're playing a video game or something, but it's extra fun for me when I create something. And it can be anything, including uh, software. So th that's the parallel between all of those things. And you describe it as well with, with art, for instance. Definitely. Yeah. So, and then entrepreneurial pursuits, right? You're starting a company, you're building something from nothing, you're creating yet again. Yeah. So pothome.fm, tell yeah. me about that journey. Yeah, so like we spoke about, I started out as a software engineer and very quickly I, I started out as a consultant, you know, so the, the company you work for, they send you out and they say, hey, this is a senior software engineer. He has uh, 15 years of experience, even though you have one. <laughs> pay us 200 uh, US dollars uh, per hour for him and you just figure it out on the job. And that's all fine and well. And I learned a lot uh, in that time. But very quickly, 
I always had a problem with authority. I, I just don't want people to tell me what to do. <laughs> that's just a personal, <laughs> an, an issue, I know. It's probably not good, but that's just still how it well, is. I it's good like that it. you went into software and being an entrepreneur, because otherwise you'd probably be in prison. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good outlet for, for that issue. So I, I still have that, and I try my best I try to do everything that I can to not be in a situation where people tell me what to do. And of course, that doesn't exist because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have customers and they kind of tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's different. I can always pull the plug and I have control over the thing that I built and over the thing that I, I do. And I was talking to somebody about being an entrepreneur and, and doing your own thing as well. And some people don't like doing this type of stuff because it is risky. Right? You don't know if you're going to get paid. You don't know if it's going to succeed. Maybe not. I don't see it like that. So when I start something like, like Podhome, I started because I see a problem that I want to fix. And I think I have the tools to do it. In this case, by creating software and by trying to market it as well, because that's also a big part of creating a startup. And I believe that the money and the, the necessary success will come after that. And I don't worry about it. At least not yet. <laughs> I think that's kind of the craziness that you have to have in order to be able to start something like this. Otherwise, you'll never do it. So I, I want to know more about Podhome, though, because I am a podcaster. You're obviously on the podcast with me. Um, yeah. And I want to know, like, why as a podcaster, what do you solve for me? What's, what's the big problem that you're solving? So I, I started this because I am also a podcaster. Now, my podcasts are a bit uh, pot fading, as, a, as it's called. Right, as in, I'm not producing as many uh, episodes at the moment because I'm pretty busy with Paul Home myself. Uh, but what I always found was that you know, doing this what we're doing right now, conversation, uh, recording it, and then maybe having an editor or doing it yourself, cutting it up, that's all fine. But then the rest takes a lot of time, right? You need to write show notes, good title. Uh, if you do it right, you have a chapters, you have transcripts, you identify the people, you do some clips. All that type of stuff is difficult. So. I figured I can make something, a hosting company that does all of that within the hosting company. So you just record and upload and we do the rest, literally. And so I started doing that because nobody was doing that out there. There were just a couple of them, like Buzzsprout, for instance, there's lots of competitors. Buzzsprout has this uh, AI capability. They call it co-host AI. I call mine pod home AI. You know, everything is called AI. It doesn't really matter. It, it's just automation in the end. Yeah. And it kind of does the same, right? So what pod home does is when you upload your episode, you can say, all right, use pod home AI and try to uh, get some show notes, title ideas, transcripts, chapters, clips, try to identify the people in there and go. And then it does that for you in uh, many languages, because I also have customers here in Europe, of course, in lots of languages. And we all speak different languages, a couple of uh, hundred kilometers apart. Uh, and that works and that works fast and it works well. And that just takes a lot of work out of your hands. So that's what it does. And I wanted it to be unlimited because what I always ran into with my podcast hosting with other companies was that it was limited to, for instance, one show per subscription or a monthly upload limit or something of 200 megabytes or 500 megabytes or whatever it was. I don't want that. I just want it to be unlimited so that creators can just create whatever they want. It doesn't matter how big your files are or how many you have or how many shows you have. Just go upload stuff make stuff, create stuff. And I want to support that. So Pothome is unlimited. You can create unlimited shows, unlimited episodes. 
use Pothome AI Unlimited if you want, unlimited downloads as well. And you have that Pothome AI. And on top of that, it's modern, it's easy to use, at least I think, and uh, customers as well so far. <laughs> and I support most of the podcasting 2.0 features, which are things like chapters, transcripts, people, clips. Podcasting 2.0 is an initiative, open source initiative, that tries to make a namespace for the podcasting RSS feed, which is an XML feed, uh, so that we have a standard, which currently there really isn't one. Yeah, no, there's not. Uh, <laughs> no. So they're trying to do that, and they also do that with their podcast index database, which is a podcast database, just like Apple is a podcast directory database. Spotify is also a podcast directory database. But the podcast index database is an open source thing. Everybody can download that, contribute to it, how it works. And that uh, will never get censored because it, it isn't owned by uh, a big tech company or platform. So I also support all of that infrastructure just to make it as modern as I can so that the podcaster doesn't have to do that much work and the listener has the best listening experience with all that metadata like transcripts and chapters and stuff. And so that's what I do. I make it easy, affordable, unlimited. That's fantastic. Now I have a bunch of feature questions. Yeah, yeah because, go on. Right, podcaster. So one of the things that I've noticed with other companies that do the transcription chapters and all that fun stuff, um, some of them do like a voice actor version yourself. So you could do sponsorships real easy. They'll write the script for it. That's actually pretty clever. But it's like everybody's picking three quarters of it and never the full problem. So one of the biggest problems is not the distribution anymore. Everybody's nailed distribution. But I want to see what happens on the other side. I want to see the reaction. So when people post something on Spotify saying, I love the show, I never see it because I don't go to Spotify. I'm using my dashboard. Or uh, how many downloads did I have of this episode? Who was the user? So the analytics side is left off of the publishing side. And then if I find an analytics platform, they leave off the publishing side. It's like I've always got half a solution in front of me. So do you try to combine both sides of that so you've got both the creation and the reaction? I try to incorporate everything so that you just have to have one product. So for instance, I have an embeddable player, uh, you can generate a website, you have all that stuff. But talking about the analytics specific, that's a very difficult problem because podcast apps do not provide data to us. So you have these big platforms, you have Spotify, you have Apple, you have Amazon Music and there's uh, Google and there's a couple others, YouTube for instance. They keep their data to themselves, of course, you know, when somebody clicks on uh, play, when somebody clicks on pause. All I know is that somebody downloaded it from kind of somewhere there with this type of app, right? And so with that data, I try to match that so that I can see, all right, this, this was you probably. So if you do the same thing, maybe from another app within, let's say 48 hours, I'm not counting that as a unique download. You're listening to the same thing or you're continuing to listening to the same thing. But all in all, it's very rudimentary. So the, the information that we have is very rudimentary. And there's, I don't know, maybe 70 podcast player apps out there. And, uh, and you can listen to podcasts on the web as well through all sorts of uh, platforms. So that data simply does not exist. The big platforms do have it and you can log into Spotify. They want that, of course. And there mm -hmm. you can see everything like hey, what percentage was male, what percentage was female, where are they based? That's kind of data that you want. But we're never going to get that. No hosting company ever will have that uh, because they have that. What we do want, of course, is the reactions, the interaction with your public. Mm -hmm. Also, that does not exist yet. But uh, in the podcast index namespace, there are initiatives now in phase seven. This goes in phases 
where they are creating a way that we can see all of the comments across in this case modern podcast apps altogether then there is a way for me to grab all that stuff and show it to you in your dashboard and then you can react from there as well that is what we want because then you know all right people are actually listening to this cool and now i can talk to my audience because that's what you want right you want to see who your audience is and you want to talk to them so the big players are not working with us obviously they are keeping all that stuff for themselves which is their own right because it's valuable information i understand uh, I wish they would play ball, but with modern podcast apps, which you can get at modernpodcastapps.com, that's not my thing, that's podcast index community thing. And these are apps like Fountain, Podcast Guru, Podverse. There, there's a bunch of them, I think 20 or so. They will support all this stuff. And they also already have a value for value feature. And what that does is when you listen to an episode like this one on one of those modern podcast apps, and you host with me, for instance, then you can enable value for value with, in this case, still a Bitcoin lightning address. That's not difficult to set up. And then people from Fountain app, for instance, can send you a boost. They say, hey, here is one Satoshi, which is nothing in money, but they can then send a message to you with that. Hey, cool episodes. I loved when you talked about X, Y, and Z. So that's the start of that, but uh, the podcast index is going to make that independent of the whole value for value payment system, because that is way too daunting for most people. It's an interesting space that you're in. It seems like a crowded one at the moment, but that might be because of what I do. Um, so my company is an AI company. The one that sponsors the show is Vol AI. We are in the software industry. We're in the software supply chain, actually. If you build software, there's a very good chance in the near future, your company will be using our tool to solve a lot of your problems. But uh, because I have the podcast, oh, like every podcast platform that's out there is reached out to try to be on the podcast. Now I checked out Podhome okay. before, yeah. you know, saying yes to having you on the podcast, right? And I think that you're putting out a really compelling product. And the fact that you're a repeat entrepreneur, this is your second journey into it. You had one failure. Those are often the best. Um, if somebody was lucky enough to have success their first time, they are almost unbearable to be around. <laughs> right? They think that they're like, yeah. I've done it. I'm perfect. I've never made a mistake in my life. <laughs> yeah. Wrong, man. Yeah. Like, you're making one right now. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, this is not a an industry where you create a startup like Podhome to become filthy rich. That is not going to happen. If I wanted that, I should have done something in right now AI or right. in fintech or I don't know, something else, right? Because uh, the truth is, there is not a lot of money in podcasting. That's just how it is. Like people that create a podcast usually don't actually make money from that podcast directly, but they might have sponsorships or advertisements, or they produce a podcast to promote something like their company or the book or themselves or a course or something like that. So it's indirect value and not per se direct value from the podcast. And therefore it is difficult to sell them on directly spending money on that vehicle where they do not get direct value from. But that's not why I do this. I do this because of the aforementioned reasons, right? I wanna keep podcasting free, I wanna make it easy, and I wanna make it unlimited for creators. And also for myself so that I can continue podcasting and you know have it be easy as possible. I love those reasons. I didn't start this podcast for the company. It's just that I have a company that's willing to sponsor it. So why wouldn't I yeah. allow it to happen? There's no actual direct connection. They sponsor it. They pay for the production of it. They pay for the, the hosting of it. That's what they do. Uh, but I started it for these kinds of conversations. Um, I had globally distributed teams on six continents, everything but Antarctica. 
And there was no way to have an all hands because if I wanted to have everybody together at one time, somebody it was midnight, you know, somebody else it was noon, like you had every time zone covered. So like there was no good time to do it. But I wanted a way for there to be an interactive conversation that was personal so that they would get to know me and I would get to know them a little bit. It's a big team, so it's hard to get to know them individually, but I wanted them to know me. And so we did these fireside chats as a podcast where I'd have a different team lead or director or VP or whatever, but they would come on and they would ask the questions their team wanted answered. And we just have a conversation. And that's what started this podcast. None of that's public because it was all internal dialogue, right? But when yeah. I decided to start the new company, I was like, I'm going to keep going. I, I love this type of conversation. It is so much fun to continue doing it. And we're just going to have a casual dialogue with cool people that are doing cool things. And maybe I'll learn something. Maybe the audience will learn something and uh, we'll share experiences. It'll be wonderful. And I think that is the magic of podcasting, right? So as a podcaster yourself, I think there's usually us as, I'll identify myself also as an older male. I'm not really old. But, you're not you know, as old as me, but you're... <laughs> you know, I'm not young either, but I think we just like to play radio broadcaster also in our heart of hearts, right? We, we, want, we grew up wanting to do that. Yeah. And now we can actually do that. We have our own radio show. Uh, for those of you that don't know what radio is, it used to be a box in your house and you, you will get a, a broadcast over the air. It was crazy with people, uh, it wasn't uh, on demand. So, so that's one thing. And I think the other thing is podcasting for listeners as well. People are attracted to human voice and to stories and storytelling because that is in our DNA as humans, right? That's how we learn. That's how we relate to each other. That's how we transfer information to each other by stories, by telling stories with our voice. And that's a magical thing that is ingrained in all of us. And I think that that's what attracts people to podcasts. I love that. It is the storytelling piece of us. Here's what's fun for me about podcasting is there's a difference between what we're doing right now and what gets shared with the world because there's another person or it could just be me. Like depending on the podcast, you might have a producer that's somebody else and it might be the, the host that's doing it or whatever, right? But there's an editing process and the whole purpose of that editing process is to make sense of the story so that people can follow it, Yeah, yeah. right? Because a casual conversation like this might not be that easy to track. I, I think we do a pretty good job but <laughs> yeah. yeah uh barry it's been an absolute pleasure having you on your fantastic guest i want to give uh, you a chance to direct people where uh, they can find out more about pod home or if they wanted to connect with you to have further conversation how might they do that yeah so i have two call to actions as they call it right so you can go to podhome.fm. FM is fancy for the podcasting world, right? <laughs> and there you can learn everything about Podhome and start a trial. If you sign up, you can use the promo code GOPODCASTING. That is GOPODCASTING for three months for free. And my second call to action is I really need a freelance kind of marketing specialist that is willing to take over all of my social media and work with me uh, to do social media marketing for Podhome. So if you are one of those uh, people, reach out to me. You can find me on podhome.fm or just reach out on uh, barry at podhome.fm and then we can work together. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious. Hey there, TechTastians. Is your team drowning in tech debt and you just wish you had a magic button to fix it? I want to introduce you to Vala AI, your tech debt hero. At Vala AI, we get it. You're busy. That's why we've made fixing tech challenges as easy as a click of a button. 
You don't need to be an engineer. We empower non-techies to conquer complex tech issues effortlessly. We understand you don't have time for tech headaches. Vala AI is here to lift that tech burden, making your tech debt disappear with a simple click. So ready to say goodbye to tech troubles? Try Vala AI. Your solutions are just a click away.